right, special episode of the Formula Scout podcast today because we have uh, a guest in the form of Linus Lundqvist, who at the moment is absolutely smashing it in Indie Lights. Uh, Linus, where are you right now and, and how are you enjoying this very brief break before your next race? Yeah, uh, thank you for the introduction. Uh, right now I'm in Indianapolis uh, in the US where, where I live uh, during the season. So I've been here in the US for three years now. Um, so kind of getting used to it. Uh, took a little bit of a time to, uh, to get used to everything here. But yeah, enjoying the, the small break that we have now before our next oval. We're actually going testing on Friday. So not that much of a break, but at least a couple of days to settle back down from, from that group. Mm. And given Indy Lights is only a national series because it, well, it does race in Canada, but it's primarily in um, the USA, how much traveling do you have to do to go to all of these races and all these tests as well? Because I presume this is an oval test this week. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we say that it's a national championship, but the thing is that the US is like as big as the whole of Europe. So uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not actually that easy with traveling and stuff like that. You know, we, uh, our first race is in Florida uh, and our last race is in California. So we literally raced from East Coast to West Coast. I mean, the flight for me out to the West Coast is like six hours. So uh, it's it's still pretty pretty long, you know, the, the traveling part. Luckily, Indiana is sort of in the middle. So apart from Florida and the two West Coast races, I drive to every other race. And the furthest one is probably Barber, which is eight, eight and a half hour drive. Um, Iowa seven hours and the rest is within like five hours. So there's still a fair amount of traveling, uh, even though it's only a national series. Yeah, and this is your second season in Indy Lights. So I imagine you've probably just about got used to this travel itinerary now. Before Indy Lights, you did Formula Regional Americas. What instigated you to take your career from Europe over to America and choose that series rather than jumping straight onto the road to Indy? Um, really, I... Um... Because I, I raced in Europe for, for three years, in the British F4, British F3, and then a year in Euro Formula. And after that, the target was to go to FIA F3. Uh, that was always the target since British F3, but I never, never really had the budget to do it. Um, and um, at the end of 20, 2019, um, I was running out of options. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do if, if if I had the opportunity to even continue racing. Um, and then... Um, uh, HPD and Honda announced their scholarship of FR Americas. Um, and that was one thing that you always look towards in, in the US, where the winner gets a scholarship to, to provide funding for, for the next step. And then I got in touch with, with one of the team bosses, um, Christian Pedersen at Global Racing Group. And we, we chatted on the phone for a little bit. Um, and I said, okay, I might be able to have like half a budget to do half a year. And he said, all right, well, come over. Uh, we'll see how it goes and, and take it from there. Um, and it was because I didn't really have any other options. Uh, so I went over there, did half season, uh, and then we won the eight first races. And then I was able to, to manage to find the, the extra bit of funding um, and with uh, some help from Christian as well to, to continue the year. And then we won the year. Um, and then I was able to do lights last year because of the scholarship. So, um, yeah, it, it's mostly down to the scholarships to where I am today. And uh, that first year in Formula Regional, you were with Pedersen's team, which is Global Racing Group. They then jumped into Indy Lights with you to co-run the car of HMD. But that's not the case this year. It's solo HMD entry. Can you kind of explain their involvement in your Indy Lights program as well last year? 
Yeah, so basically, when I came over here in 2020, I joined Global Racer Group, which were was their separate team. Um, and then they wanted to move on to Indie Lights, and I think they kind of realized that doing it by themselves is going to be difficult. So they uh, they partnered up with H and who uh, who turned out to be one of two top teams, you would say, in in Indie Lights together with Andretti. Um, and then it sort of just merged into more or less an H and D team, um, and obviously Global supporting a little bit with with um, with some engineers, etc. Uh, but it was more or less an H and D team, and the way that it was ran, and it was operating from from the same facility here in Indianapolis, which was H and D's. Um, base um so and then obviously this year it's it's hmd with acorn racing and their partnership yeah and, and it's given you that nice continuity between each of those years since del coin has come in have you been working like in in the factory etc with indycar people have you been making connections there ready for next year um i wouldn't say so because the we don't share a shop so like Dave coin is still based up Chicago, uh, once they're based here in Indiana, Indianapolis, so they don't operate out of the same um, uh, facilities. But obviously, when you're on track, you um, you obviously have the connection, and, and I know that some of the engineers have been trying to help us out a little bit. Uh, going to Nashville, for example, where we had no data, no video, no no nothing like that, uh, because lights been raised there uh, last year. Um, but I've been trying to uh, to put my name out there, not only with, with Dalecoin, but also every other IndyCar team that, that's on the grid. been trying to have conversations and, and see what we can do for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, has that all been online conversations? Because I know particularly last year there was still a bit of like a paddock bubble system. Are you now afraid to just knock on every motorhome door, kind of show them your CV or, or go watch the Indy Lights race later? Uh, are you able to take that approach to talk to the IndyCar teams? Yeah, well, I have to. I even did to a certain extent last year, uh, you know, just trying to talk to as many teams as you possibly can just to kind of read what, what the situation is and where an opportunity might, might come up um, at building relationships and um, and see see what we can do for next year. I mean, that's that's all you can do at this time because um, obviously the, the scholarship and the championship would be very important for me going forward. Um, so I know that... You know, I just have to establish some of the relationships and then I just need to focus on winning and um, hopefully uh, we we can land ourselves in a good position next year. Mm. Um, and obviously you have tested an IndyCar before, that's quite an experience. Taking it back to when you first came to America, the Formula Regional car is it's quite heavy, a uh, bit slow on the steering from, from what I understand. But one of the things that really impressed me watching that campaign was your tire management. You'd obviously dominate these races, but you get to a point maybe 10 or so laps in, and then the lap times are just constant, like within a tenth of each other, maybe two tenths, lap after lap after lap. And be doing it at the end of the weekend, where I presume you wouldn't even have necessarily fresh tires for each race. Uh, so how difficult was it to, to kind of put in those kinds of performances? And when you went over to Indy Lights, how much of a difference was there between that car and the Indy Lights car, and obviously their tires as well? Yeah, um, the FR car and, and the, the global racing group car definitely suited me and my driving style. Um, you know, it was almost like to be fast, you have to be, you have to be a little bit slow. Everything was just about focusing on the exit because the car was quite heavy, uh, but it still made decent power for for like the amount of downforce that it had. 
So minimum speed wasn't as important as like hitting your apex and get a good exit. Um, and that's kind of my driving style usually, just um, you know precise and smooth. Um, so I think we we just worked very well together, uh, me and that car. But then jumping into the lights car, it was a complete 180 for me. Um, the mo most challenging car and tire that I've ever experienced before. You know, very very different to any other car that I've that I've tried. Um, so it took some time to get used to, uh, especially throughout that first year. Um, and it was good to have someone like David on the team as well, because obviously he was very comfortable um, having done a year already and, and, and some testing. So I learned quite a lot from him, from him uh, and especially in the beginning, just being comfortable being over the limit. Because in the lights car, like you have to be over the limit to be fast. Whilst in every other car that I've been in, like you have to be a little bit under the limit to be fast. Um, whilst here, like the Cooper tire, it likes surface temperature. So almost like the more sliding you do, the more grip you'll have to a certain extent, obviously. But it was just things like that, that it had to become normal for me. And I had to be comfortable with that. Um, and even today, you know, some, some races or some tests, you know, I still have to keep reminding myself that I can't just relax and go back to my old ways. I still have to actively think about it um, to, to make sure that we, that we really are pushing um, and really are on the limit every time. Mm. And that very first Indy Lights race, and which was of course the series first race back from the hiatus, I remember the Andretti cars had tyre problems after around, not even halfway, I think it was before the halfway point of the race, they started really struggling on the rears. Uh, and I can't remember if Kyle had a not car, yeah, potentially had a puncture as well. And obviously you won, you, you came through to win. HMD looked really, really strong, particularly through the first half of the season on that. Before, you know, racing began again, how much testing were you able to do in that car and how much was the team able to do on track? Because obviously the pandemic was still around uh, to make sure that, you know, you understood the tyre, you understood, you know, of the tracks you were going to race at, what, were the, what was the asphalt like, you know, the stickiness and that kind of stuff. So, so how much testing did you get to do before you jumped into Indy Lights? Um, I can't remember the exact amount of days, but I think I had maybe six days of testing uh, in total. So um, it was, you know, unfortunately we didn't have all winter. I think I started testing in like middle or end of January. Um, so it was not like we, we pounded like 20, 20 days in of testing, but it, it was a decent amount. I think one of the things that I struggled with the most was honestly the tracks you know that was only my second year in the us um and not been on the road to indy ladder before we were raced on very different circuits um in, in fr so i think like eight out of the 10 tracks that we raced in 2021 were new to me um i've never done an oval and some of the tracks you showed up and you got like one 40 minute practice and then straight into quality so um then with a completely new circuit new car new tires new team it was a lot of new things that I, that I had to get used to and had to be comfortable uh, in. And I think, you know, obviously it was great that we won the first race, but I think that maybe set a little bit of a false preset, uh, both for me and, and the people working, uh, my engineer, my mechanics. We kind of expected, you know, all right, we got to win a race every weekend. And if we finish fourth or fifth, then we were super disappointed. But in reality, fourth or fifth was actually a decent result for, for someone like me. Um, um, a rookie and you know um, so I think in the in the middle of the season um, we sort of had to change our mindset a little bit 
and actually be super proud of the job that we did in 2021. We were still able to to be in the fight for for the championship up until I'd say Gateway, where we had the tire blowout. I think going into that round, I was some 20 points behind, and then leaving the weekend, I was like 80 points behind. So uh, that was uh, that was a harsh blow to 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 our championship hunt. But still, we were we were able to finish third. Uh, and I mean, you look at look at the two guys, David and and Kyle, in, in the car right now. They're not doing too bad. So um, it's kind of nice to see that you know I was able to mix it up between. Yeah, and and certainly there, like well, we already know Carl's going to Andretti. David could move teams next year as well. That opens up a space at Delcoin and HMD. So who knows? Um, going back to that gateway crash, that was, I mean, I think they didn't quite confirm at the time, but Cooper did an investigation into the tires, and it was determined that it was almost like a an issue where they'd been run too hard, too long across the field, and then they then had to change the race format the next day to make sure it didn't happen. Uh, again, because that was your first overall experience, how much of like a, an eye-opener was that having such a hefty incident? Because I think at the time you did call it the biggest hit of your career. Um, to, you know, have a crash like that and to then not actually get over mileage again for such a long time before you're racing at number one this year. Or actually, because it was a double header and that was the first race. So I had to, I got to jump in the spare car the next day and race it. Um, and we finished fourth in that one in the backup car, so it wasn't too bad. Um, honestly, I was I was just more disappointing because I was so proud of the race that we did up until that point. We we started fourth, I think, uh, and I was running second at the time of the race. You know, keeping keeping up pace with David in front and Kyle behind. So, you know, I was super happy and proud of you know coming home second in my first ever oval race. Um, and then for it to to end like that was. It was hurting, uh, not only physically and um, <laughs> when you got the the bill for the crash afterwards, but more so just for results. You know, we would have been nice to be, and as well, like if you think about the championship, I don't think we, we really had the pace to challenge, especially Kyle towards the end. Uh, but still, it would have been nice to just been been up there or thereabouts. And how many test days on ovals have you been able to do between that gateway event and Iowa? A few weeks ago, uh, only one. We did one uh, Iowa official test. Uh, that was the only test that we had, and then we had the yeah the race. Now we have another one, a gateway coming up in a couple of days, and then we have the race. So, yeah, only one test day since um, since. That that's that's quite. I wouldn't say concerning per se, but like with the Indy Five Hundred, you've obviously got a whole month of preparation to make sure every driver is competing. <laughs> you know, is absolutely on it and that all the cars are set up to endure such high loads for such a sustained period of time. To only have one test day and then kind of, and you know, such, so late into the season as well to then have the first oval race. Uh, did, did everyone feel like a little rusty, a little underprepared going back into Iowa? Um, particularly as that hadn't been on the calendar for a while. Um, I don't know. I can't really speak for the others. Uh, for us, we don't really have the... We don't really have the luxury to feel rusty. Um, you know, it's just just about get down to business. Um, it was a new experience because, like you said, no one's been to Iowa in a couple of years. Um, so I think the only driver that raced at Iowa before was uh, Brabham. Um, but for every other driver, it was a new it was a new one. Um, so it was kind of fun uh, and a good challenge for the team as well because from the setup that we showed up on on the first test that we had there is vastly different to how we ended, for example. So it took a little bit of time to, to get used to, especially the bumps. 
because the only other experience that I had from an oval was Gateway, which is super smooth. And then Iowa was super bumpy. So, um, yeah, a very different oval, but it was super fun. Uh, I think, you know, we, we had a great weekend. Unfortunately, it didn't end as, as we hoped, but I think we showed that we, we had the pace on ovals as well. Mm. And for, like, for people who kind of dismiss oval racing, they are so different. There's so many different characteristics each different one has, and in length and in the quality and the age of the asphalt, and, and if it is asphalt half the time, because sometimes there's a mix of compounds in the surface. Um, have, did you have the same engineer for Formula Regional last season, Indy Lights, and potentially this season, or have you been working with a like a different main crew on your car each time? So there's been a different engineer from Formula Regional to Indy Lights. Um, it was a completely new crew around me, um, but ever since 2021, I've been working with the same people. So. Same engineer and same mechanics, uh, which was nice coming back because we we knew our strength and we knew our weaknesses, uh, and we worked on that. And I think we showed this year that we that we improved on on every part. Mm. And, and I know some drivers, depending on where they go and what their affiliations are, they try and take some of those personnel with them as they then go up to IndyCar or F1 or whatever. Um, are you likely to be, you know, if you'd land an IndyCar seat with a team that isn't HMD slash Delcoin? Uh, would you be wanting to pull in some personnel from your Indy Lights program who you had a particularly good working relationship with to help you then transition into IndyCar? I mean, it would be great if I could have the, the same people around me in IndyCar. Unfortunately, I don't think I'll be in a position where I can say that, hey, I want this engineer with me, etc. Um, yeah. You know, it's just going to be whatever opportunities is out there. Um, but I mean, if they're looking for an engineer, uh, then obviously I have a good one to recommend. Good stuff. Uh, and your first IndyCar test was Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course October last year. That was Andretti. Mm-hmm. How did that test actually come about? And, you know, how, how did it feel to drive an IndyCar? Yeah, the test came about with the with the scholarship of the championship, where the top three in the championship got an IndyCar test. So it was me, David and Kyle on, on the same day. Um, and it was awesome. Still today, probably the best day of my life. Um, you know, you work so hard your whole life, and not only me, but my family and everyone that supports me to uh, to reach that level, to uh, to be in an Indy car or be in an F1 car, whatever it might be, and to have that become a reality, it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, and obviously, I was speaking to as many people as I possibly could beforehand to sort of prepare myself a little bit. Um, but nothing could prepare me for that. I mean, the the first lap, I was just like, it was just pure joy on my smile. I came on the radio, I was just screaming of happiness. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, and one convention at circuit is it's very European in its kind of structure and and the type of asphalt it has. Um, have you done any tests since then? Any private ones or anything on what I'd call a more traditional IndyCar track? No, I'm not. Oh, okay, because I've heard some people in the field have been up to some private IndyCar tests. Uh, the remaining calendar, well, the remaining race on the calendar, you've got Gateway and then two tracks which you won at last year um, in Portland and Laguna Seca. Because I think you won. I didn't know. Did you I didn't know? Win any of them. Oh, no. Oh, hang on. Yeah, I've got that wrong. But you, you're on the podium. <laughs> I was on the podium. Yeah, you're on the podium, I'm free because on, on Wikipedia, there's just like a line of silver, bronze, gold, gold, silver, bronze, <laughs> like that. Um, but, but with the form that you could fight, you know, near the front from last year, are you pretty confident going into these events again that 
you know, these events where you should be able to turn up once you've got the car dialed in, be on pole, win the race, do the same the next day. I mean, that's that's what we hope for. I think that's what every driver hope for. Um, but I think we we showed so far this year that we that we are very strong. Um, I think looking at last year as well, Gateway was a good good track for the team. Uh, so was Portland. Laguna wasn't bad. Obviously, Kyle uh, had had really good pace there. So I think that's the one question mark that we have. Uh, but we feel confident for for Gateway and Portland. Uh, but You've also seen it this year, like it's so close between us and Andretti, you know, it's going to come down to the day or on the day who gets the right setup or who puts in the, the perfect lap to be that tenth of a second ahead of ahead of a competitor, um, which is nice. You kind of you kind of want that challenge as well. Hmm. And obviously last year you had help from David and his experience and he fought for the title this year because you're the experienced one in the lineup and you've got... Uh, rookie teammates and obviously a rotation of teammates as well in the the fifth car or the sixth car even uh how's that dynamic been and and what have those drivers brought in like have you learned anything from your current roster of teammates yeah um they're not only rookie drivers i'd say honestly it's me benjamin who did it last year frost did it last year bogle who did it last year so there was a fair amount of experience within the team um uh, there's always something you can learn from from any driver um and it's kind of, especially in the beginning of the year, it was good that, you know, we were able to show great pace, you know, Frost, one of, one of the races at Indy. Um, it's just a shame now the, late, the last couple of races where the Andretti Armada sort of come back strong. Um, there's been multiple races where it's been, you know, me up front or at least in the front row and then you've got the four Andretti's behind. Um, but um, we'll see. Hopefully we can we can start pulling it back now and H&B's favourites at, at, at the end of the year. Mm. And obviously Benjamin was really quick in the two practice sessions at Nashville, but it's hard to tell you know, how the track would have evolved, etc. for qualifying. Had the weekend gone ahead as planned with an actual qualifying session, do you think you could have put it on pole or, or going from those two practice sessions, you know, was your setup still needing quite a lot of work to be nailed for what looked like a very tricky circuit? Yes, I do. Uh, if, if a qualifying would have gone ahead as... As per normal, uh, um, we definitely. Um, I think our team was probably the one that lost out the most uh, because I think both me and obviously we we should have been able to, to fight for pole the the three of us, um, and it would have been nice to have a couple of teammates out there in the start. But it is what it is. Um, you know, I was speaking to to my engineer, and it's like I said, you know, we. We fought all year to be in this position. If something like this happened, then we, we earned ourselves to be in pole. Uh, but I think also, you know, a qualifying lap around that place would have been so much fun. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully I can be back next year in an IndyCar uh, and do it properly. Mm. And the, the IndyCar drivers, unsurprisingly, following their race, are quite critical of, you know, where the restart area is and certain... Because particularly for... Because the, the IndyCar is faster, a lot of those corners are first gear corners and... There's a lot of jostling and that kind of stuff. In the Indy Lights car, which is obviously shorter wheelbase as well, uh, what was that track like to race on? Like, Do you have the same issues as the Indy car guys, or is it almost a, a circuit that's better optimised for your cars than it is for the, the big class? I'm sure that the Indy cars feel, feel more of a handful, especially in the Titan, uh, the Titan, uh, uh, like the short section, uh, like the four to eight. Um, and I think our cars fared a little bit better there. Um, 
but it, it's still it's still tough and still tough even even in the lights car i mean we're going so slow it's probably the slow some of the slowest corners on the calendar and you don't do one of them you do six of them so um it's definitely tricky uh but it, it was also a fun challenge i mean it's the same for everyone so uh, it doesn't doesn't really change it that way uh and i think it, i saw a quote from from colton uh, but i think said it quite well you know you need one of these tracks on the calendar um in a 17 17 uh, race calendar you want one that's a little bit more chaos and it's more of a challenge and you don't really know what to expect um so i really enjoyed it and the whole event at, as a whole was awesome you know the people well nashville the city was awesome so um yeah i look forward to to hope we'll be back next year yeah and i guess another thing there with having such so many like small and tight corners one after the other at low speed means you're going to lose a bit of tire temp if you're not really scraping the tire across surface and then with the really long straights as well you probably lose even more surface temp so when you then get to the heavy braking zone brakes are cold tires are cold everything goes wrong um another thing with your arrival in america and then you've got felix you've got marcus you've got a big swedish energy in the indycar paddock and i'm sure many journalists have asked you about this before but like do you guys all speak to each other? Are you seeing at the tracks more Swedish flags appearing? Like, what's the... Um, and also Swedish snacks as well. Have many of the Americans started picking up on the foods that you enjoy? Yeah, uh, yes, to all of them. Um, yes, me, me, Felix and Marcus, we speak. Uh, we celebrated Midsummer, I think, last year together. Uh, stuff like that, you know, it's, it's not that many Swedes around here. So uh, if you find one, you usually trying to practice a little bit of Swedish uh, so you don't lose it. Um, and yeah, I do see more and more Swedish flies on the track, which is awesome. Um, obviously, most of them, or I'd say all of them, are, are there to see Felix and Marcus. But when they see another Swede doing well in lights, you know, they come to the podium and they come and chat with you, which is which is great fun. Uh, uh, and hopefully they can have a third one uh, next year to, to cheer on. So uh, we'll see. It's good. Um, and um, it's just good to see, because even, even back in Sweden, it seems like the interest for IndyCar has just you know, skyrocketed ever since um, since Felix and Marcus uh, joined. And especially after Marcus won the, the 500, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for, for a better story than that. Yeah, that, that was a great day for Swedish motorsport in general, because you had wins in Monaco and then uh, guys in rallying were doing all right as well that weekend. Um, because the Indy car and indie light season finishes in like mid-september you've then got this huge gap before um while everyone else is still racing in europe before you then return to like testing and racing again i presume you're going to be spending most of that time trying to nail down a full-time indycar deal but aside from that while in indianapolis and because you wouldn't you know unless you do lose the title which you know anything can happen but you're not going to be spending another season in indie light so if you don't have a race seat confirmed yet, how do you then prepare besides the obvious gym stuff? Like, uh, how do you keep yourself in like a engineering mindset in a, you know, very self analytical mindset, being able to do those kinds of things, which you normally do on race weekends, but you're not going to have the opportunities to. Well, it all depends what, what I can do for next year. You know, if, if I manage to find a full-time ride in any car, then, Every minute is going to go into preparation of that. Obviously, trying to trying to get to know everyone within the team, prepare as much as I can, learn as much as as I can. There, there's going to be a lot of things to learn. You know, just fuel saving, tires management, strategy, all these kinds of things. So that you that you want to master uh, before going in there. 
So uh, I'll I'll be busy for sure. Um, if I don't have anything done, um, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Probably spend my whole time trying to chase something, uh, whether it be in IndyCar, IMSA, something in Europe. I don't know. Uh, you know, I just uh, just want to focus right now on this year and do as well as I can. Um, and if I don't don't have a drive, then that'll be a problem for later. Yeah, and that's one thing at the start of the last. Uh, well, this year in 2019, I think it was, you did the Daytona 24 hours, um, but that was in a GT3 car. You see a lot of Indy lights and a lot of Indy car drivers do the LMP, LMP segment of that. And with the new hype cars coming in, there's going to be changes to IMSA. Um, Daytona, you know, it's one of the big races to win. So is that one on the bucket list as well as your Indy car ambitions? Do you want to get a, a top seat in that race to, to have a go at winning that? Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, you know, like I said, I've done the race twice, um, and this year we, we were actually in it to, to fight for the win, um, which was awesome. So I, I would love to do it again um, and, and try to win it. Obviously, whether it be in a, in a DPI or a P2 or a P3 or even a GT car, um, and the way that I looked at it as well uh, was that I'm trying to see, you know, I want to be an IndyCar next year, and there's so many things that, that I want to prepare for it, just pit stops and stuff like that. And obviously IMSA has that. So I wanted to do at least one race this year where I got some practice of it and, and get being used to it. Um, so uh, just trying to think myself, how do I improve my chances of doing well in IndyCar 2023? Mm. Uh, and IMSA and obviously an endurance race has that nighttime element to it as well. Formula yeah. One with pretty much every new street race it's adding at the moment is going for the nighttime format. IndyCar previously has had the oval races that have either gone into the dusk or they, they've run through the night. Would you like to see more night races in IndyCar? Uh, that would be awesome, especially as Nashville, because it was so hot during the day that I would love that race to be taken taken at night. Awesome stuff. Wicked. Thanks for your time and good luck for the rest of the season. And I'm sure I'll be speaking Thanks. to you once you're an IndyCar driver. <laughs> I do hope so. I hope you're right. I hope you're right.